Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hello again and welcome to the Talking Real Money Daily Podcast. I'm Don McDonald. Thanks for tuning in, listening in. I guess you don't really tune in with a podcast, do you? Uh, It's a Monday when I'm recording this, but that doesn't really matter because most of what we talk about is timeless anyway. We don't talk about what the markets did today because... Despite the fact that I do market reports on Como Radio every weekday morning, they really don't matter. They just don't matter. What matters are the bigger issues, the bigger picture issues. How you get to where, how can you get to where you need to be? How should you build portfolios? How should you save? How should you spend? Uh, And a lot of clarity needs to be. needs to come to the investing industry, the financial industry, because, wow, is it all kinds of opaque. You can call questions and you can also send them in via the Talking Real Money podcast. So what we're going to do for the next few shows is go through the, I didn't realize how far behind I was on the Talking Real Money typed in questions. They're not as good as the called in because it's kind of nice to have another voice, but I got to get through a whole bunch of them because I'm I'm couple weeks behind so i'm going to get through those over the next few days but you can still call in questions to 855-935-TALK 855-935-TALK or type them in at talkingrealmoney.com want to start today with retirement though retirement is the biggest issue that any of us any of us face financially and recently google uh listed the 10 most common questions that Americans ask about retirement. So we're just going to go through those. I'm going to answer them <laughs> as well as I can. The number 10 question, I'm going to go backward. The number 10 question is where to retire. Oh, wow. That's what I'm going through right now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to retire in the town in which I live now. There are some other places that look far more attractive. What am I looking for? It's so hard. you got to determine the things that are important to you. You know, I want some place with a vibrant arts community. I don't want to pay a lot in taxes. I want inexpensive houses. I don't I, I, I want to I want to retire frugally. I, I don't you know, I don't have a ton of money. I have enough, but uh, I'm by no means wealthy. And I don't want anything too big. I want a nice community, a, a beautiful place. I'm not sure. As a matter of fact, I'm going to spend this summer with my wife in an Airstream driving around the country trying to figure out where to live when we retire. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on that over the summer. What is the full retirement age for Social Security? That depends on when you were born. It's somewhere between 66 and change and 67. That's called FRA, full retirement age. 
You can find out what your full retirement age is by going to MySSA.gov and signing up for your account, which you should do anyway. How to retire. (laughs) No one knows. You stop working and you hope everything works out. How to retire. Wow, that's way too broad for any reasonable answer. Uh, Well, okay, let's you save a lot of money more than you actually can. You invest it properly. You do a budget. You figure out how much income you'll need. Then you go backward and you decide whether you want to just sit around and uh, twiddle your thumbs, whether you're going to golf or, you know, what are you going to do when you retire? You're just going to do nothing. Is it just retire, die? I don't know. It's up to you, I guess. How to retire at 50? That's number seven. My answer, my question in response to that to most people is why? Why? What are you going to do for the next seven or the next, not 70 years? (laughs) What are you going to do until you're in your 70s or 80s or 90s? Do you have something you're passionate about that you're going to love doing for the rest of your life? Otherwise, Maybe you, if it's because you hate your job, maybe you should find a better job. Jobs are kind of important. How to save for retirement is number six. As I said before, save until it hurts. Because you, however much you think you might need in retirement, you will probably need more. And I'm sorry to tell you that most of us will not retire with a pension, so it's up to you. How you save for it, though, is doing it, just doing it, making it automatic. You know, having a certain amount come out of your paycheck and go right into your investments. Use something like Acorns. That makes it automatic. You've got to – how to save, it requires discipline. How much to save for retirement? Now, that's interesting because that's question five, and it uh, it's also question one. So I'm going to skip those because they're the same question. I'm going to come back to it with question one. What is the retirement age? There is no retirement age. It's whatever age you want to retire. My stepdad did not retire until he got horrible cancer in his mid-80s. He worked every day, well, four days a week as a, as a physician, loved it, wishes he was still doing it. There is no retirement age. Your retirement age is when you decide you need to retire and when you have enough money to actually pay for retirement because no one is going to pay for your retirement. Social Security is not going to be adequate at uh, less than $2,000 a month on average. Not going to support most people. When can I retire? That's the same one as number four. When you have the money, when you can't afford it, or when you have to and you suffer the consequences. How to retire early? Save a lot more than the people saving for regular retirement. Save a lot more. Again, sit down and do a budget. How much money are you going to need to have coming in every year? Which takes us back to how much do I need to retire? How much do I need to save for retirement? How much you need to save for retirement is determined by how much income you're going to need in retirement. 
Let's make this a very simple example. You are a very frugal person. You believe you could get by in retirement on an average of about $60,000 a year. Apparently, you do not live in the greater Seattle area if that's your number because it's more expensive or you don't live in San Francisco or you don't live in L.A. or you don't live in New York City. But let's say it's 60000 Let's say you're going to collect $20,000 a year from Social Security, which is a little bit above average. And you have no retirement plan at work. You have no pension. So it's Social Security and you're on your own. Well, if you assume, which we believe is a reasonable assumption, not an accurate assumption, but you got to come up with some kind of an assumption as to what your portfolio should be able to throw off in terms of income. And we believe a figure like 4% is reasonable to assume. So when you assume that, a very simple proposition, you got the 20000 from Social Security, you need another 40000 pre-tax, that's going to require a million dollar portfolio not many people are going to be able to live comfortably on 60 grand a year so your portfolio needs to get larger and larger and larger and larger the bigger the need is the bigger the want is too do you want to travel you're gonna need a lot more than a million dollars two three four even Five. Susie Orman says bare minimum five million, but Susie's rich. I think five million is probably overkill. But you're going to need seven figures, some serious seven figures, to do these things that you want to do, to do the things you want to do. A million dollars is really bare bones. You below that, you have to figure something else out. Either you lower your expectations or you keep working. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. And let's go get through these questions that came in through TalkingRealMoney.com. This is about long-term care. Hmm. Boy, it's a tough topic. The note says, I've recently watched a family member go through a serious illness which continues to drain her modest retirement savings. These are mainly expenses associated with co-pays after Medicare pays its portion. However, as she continues to decline in health, we fear she may need long-term care in the near future. At her age and current health, I'm not confident she would qualify with a long-term care insurance company. If she did manage to find one willing to take, her, take on her risk, could she afford the premium? He answers his own question, doubtful. No. W with her current situation an insurer would be foolish to take her on because they will spend more on her than they could ever take in in premiums you have to remember the insurance companies are out there to make themselves money not to do good things for you no matter what kind of rosy picture the agents pitch or their ads project they're there to make money for them and their shareholders not to help you. 
And the, the question goes on. He said, I've listened to your podcast now for over a year, and it remains my go-to podcast on the subject of money and finance. Thank you. Please tell others. I also listen to another radio podcast personality who advocates not taking on long-term care insurance until you reach age 60. What if you're afraid your health or your spouse's health at age, six, at age 60 will be a major risk for a long-term care insurance company and you won't be able to afford a sky-high premium? We hear so much about retirement planning and advice on how to save for retirement. I don't hear a lot on the subject of planning for declining health expenses in old age. Is declining health the big elephant in the room that doesn't snap easily into the picture of retirement planning so it gets ignored? This is an important question, and you're not going to like the answer. Insurance is a game we play. It's a betting game. It is gambling. It's, it's gambling with an insurance company. And there are no easy answers when it comes to gambling. You have to determine how much risk you're willing to take and how important your money is to you today because you will in are you the greater you this is the you that encompasses all of us in this country we will lose the bet with the insurance company they will make more money than they pay out in premiums that is a fact that's what's going to happen so you have to make some educated guesses if you believe based on your family history, based on your genealogy, someday the insurance companies are going to start checking our genealogy, that you have a high, high risk or your spouse has a high, high risk of requiring extended long-term resident care, then no, you shouldn't wait until age 60 to buy long-term care insurance. It's ridiculously expensive at that age. It gets more expensive the older you get and the more frail you become. It's a, it's a game. And while it may seem like the elephant in the room, the reason we can't discuss it in generalities is because it doesn't lend itself to generalization. Everyone should not have long-term care insurance. It's ridiculously expensive, and the odds are you're not going to need it. Plus, we always have something you don't have if your house burns down. We have a safety net called Medicaid. It's not great, but it'll keep you alive. The other option, to, the, the, and this is absolutely an option, one thing you could do in your younger days instead of giving the money to an insurance company is as part of your retirement plan, putting extra money away for long-term care. For example, let's say you were going to pay $500 a month. You're younger, you're going to pay $500 a month for a long-term care policy. Put that $500 a month into your investment portfolio for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And let that grow and, and self-insure. There are also other options. There are cooperative agencies that help you care, that help care for folks in their in their later years when their health is uh, fading. There is home care, which is less expensive. Really, what you need to do is sit down and go. Can I afford? Because here are the averages. Can I afford eight thousand dollars a month 
for the for a period of about two years because typically you're not going to spend more than two years in long-term care facilities most people either die or get better so if you can pay for it just like a lot of companies do when they self-insure if you can pay the hundred thousand dollars a year for two years you've got it it may reduce your lifestyle somewhat or maybe even dramatically but it will keep you alive if you've got it maybe you can self-insure there are a lot of choices the other thing is remember the people who tell you you must have long-term care insurance are usually people who are selling long-term care insurance because they get commissions on the sale of these products uh, as i've said on previous podcasts and shows i wish there was some sort of a no-load long-term care product asset-based or otherwise because it might make it easier for people who are true fiduciaries to suggest it talking realmoney.com is our website where you can ask questions like this and if they get more complicated than that we also make our fiduciary advisors available to you to answer questions to help you manage your wealth and they'll do it not not for life without paying you have to pay us if you want us to manage your money that's the way capitalism works but we do educate and if you'd like to make an appointment with one of our advisors, just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on the appointment button. It's just about that easy. You can also give us a call here on the podcast at 855-935-TALK anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald. Thanks for listening. And if you would, please subscribe to the podcast at one of the, the uh, podcast services out there, particularly Apple Podcasts. I'm trying so hard to bust into that crooked top 200 so that we can get more listeners and help more people so that they're not going out and getting rich in real estate. They're not really getting rich in real estate. So uh, do that for me, please. Tell a friend or two and take care. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm Don McDonald. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.